Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. Hmm. What is up? Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. Just crushing waters <laughs> right now. Got these mini waters. You are crushing waters. That is... I was just sharing with Father Paul earlier today that... Waters. Yeah, these mics are very sensitive. (laughs) Uh, I wanted to share that with you. Um, And also the fact that I don't always do the best at drinking water unless it's in coffee. Mm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. therefore it's... I mean, it's still... It comes from water. Yeah, but coffee dehydrates you. The caffeine. Does it? It's a diuretic, yeah. Does All this it? other stuff. I mean, it does. Says who? Says, you know, science. Science. <laughs> there you go. So, if I'm if I'm hitting a good 16 ounces of water a day, solid. I'm s- solid. <laughs> How I much am is like this thing? I always get confused with ounces. These mini water eight bottles. Ounces. This eight is 8 ounces. Yeah, if I have two of these, I'm good. Impressive. I'm great for the day. I so. prefer if you used milliliters though. This is 237 milliliters, standard measurement in the metric system. You wish we were in the metric system? I do. Really? Yeah. All I think, things. I think everything. Tens are Hot e- take. Even, <laughs> even temperature, oh, Celsius, gosh. Uh, kilograms. I'd, I would prefer that we used kilograms and grams to weigh unless we moved to stones, the full-on British... Like stones, stones. It's a unit of measurement of weight in reference to like body weight. St- like, so growing up, you're like, oh, I'm 12 stones or whatever. Or like, yeah, what? I have, I have how, no idea how much it actually is. I just know it's a thing and I think it's cool because it's, it's unknown. So a few shout outs we Mysterious. have beginning of this episode. Okay. We ran into a few uh, youngsters at Father Henry's retirement celebration. So for any of our listeners outside of the St. Anne area, our pastor, Father Henry Petter, he um, has been a priest for 45 years. He just turned 75. He's retiring. Okay, seriously? <laughs> Second bottle, second eight (laughs) fluid ounces down. Um, He just retired. And on this past weekend, on Saturday, we had this great celebration. Um, We were in the courtyard. People were there. It was just, it was awesome. It was a great environment. Two youngsters came up to us um, Mm. that jump out that I said I would definitely give them a shout out on the podcast. And I definitely Mm. want to do that. And then it inspired this first segment that I want to uh, jump into after. So the first is Avery. Avery shared that um, she gets to listen to us as she's going to sleep and all that. Hopefully we don't put her to sleep, but Mm -hmm. hopefully instead she's just inspired by us before she sleeps. So Avery, thank you for listening and thank you um, for coming up to us. Yeah, shout out Avery and her family. And then second is um, Daniel. Um, I think he goes by Danny, but mm-hmm. um, Daniel came up. He knew the whole like intro. He's like, 
Joey's Cantella and Father Paul Bechter. So he loves the music, all of that. It gave us a high five. So just want to give a awesome. shout out to both of them. Thank yeah. you for that. And so can I've, I add a shout out? Absolutely. Because I had a similar thing happen. Somebody came up to me, young man by the name of Edward. So I want to give Edward also a shout out. Uh, avid listener. Nice. Wish him all the best in all the things. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got nothing else. That, that was a great shout out. <laughs> um, also, you're probably noticing if you're watching, we have a little new setup. Mm. I found this table, and I was like, "Hey, I want to be able to put the applause sign and you know the Rubik's cube and some other things out." We hung our our, our beautiful Caravaggio picture that was donated to us. We did hang that up there. We, <laughs> yeah. When did we <laughs> hang that up, Father? It's at a good height. I like. I like how we did this. Yes, there you go. So um, thank you to all those. But I have a fun little game for you. It's called Name That Baby Item. You ready? (laughs) I'm terrified. Terrified. So this is a little bit of a follow-up from the Disney one that we did. Remember way back when? ages ago. Yeah. With the the ice princess? Yes, Frozen. Yes. Elsa. (laughs) Elsa. So this one, you know, it, it just had me thinking with kids, with babies. I have a young baby. I saw you holding one of our coworkers' babies very awkwardly today. Yeah, it was really great. bad at it. You were like, it made me a little anxiety and nervous. Like, is this child going to make it? All of that. <laughs> and I thought, you know what would be fun? Name some things that parents know of, of baby items, and just see this worldly scholar you need to explain Worldly. what this item is and what is what it's used for. Hmm. And then I reveal if it's accurate, if you did a fairly good job or not. So it's kind of like those games where like you get a word and you have to draw it and then Pictionary? Yeah, something like that, right? Yeah, we're not drawing anything though. Yeah, but I have to explain it and Sure. Okay. I don't know. Great. Not, not like that game at all. Okay. And if you get it wrong, you'll hear. <laughs> and if you get it right, this giant applause. Sound good? Sounds great. All right. We'll start fairly easy. There's only five of them. Okay. okay. So, first one the nose Frida. The Nose Frida. Spell it. N-O-S-E. Okay. Frida. F-R-I-D-A. Can you use it in a sentence? (laughs) I can. I mean, how much do you want me to give away? Well. How about this? Okay, so it has to do with the nose. The parents use the Nose Frida because their child was congested. Okay, that... It feels like you're giving a lot away. I am giving a lot away in that one. I won't do it in the other. I could have been like, the child brought their parent the nose free. Yeah, that's not helpful at all. <laughs> okay, so the nose Frida definitely has to do with the nose. Um, uh, Frida is an interesting word to me. Um, <laughs> this is what I like. See the background. The I'm just the, trying to think through it. You yeah. don't want to be logical about you got this. It. Now, here's a, here's a lesson for everybody. Etymology can lead you astray. Because words are defined 
based on how they're used. And sometimes they travel from their origins. So some, so we always want to look back and be like, oh, what is, break it down. What does the word mean? Etymology. Right. That's a really cool thing. I like doing that a lot. You do it a lot um, in homilies and different things, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you always have to be careful that that word hasn't traveled from its origins too mm. much because you get all sorts of false friends in languages, right? You got Where, an ex- Do you have a good example of this? Uh, Maybe either scripturally or anything else. Um, what's a good example? Well, is it, is it? Would it be the whole idea of brother or whatever? In like that's Jesus's brother, just translating and coming, or is that yeah. is that too far off? Ach, achim, achim is brothers in Hebrew. Um, it would be something like that in Aramaic. Sure. Be? Well, let's get back to the nose, Frida. Yeah, I'm trying to stall right now. Right. Um, so the so to me, Frida sounds kind of like well, it's, it's certainly certainly a German name, but I don't think that mm. has anything to do with this. Um, it sounds kind of like Frio or something um, in Spanish. Okay. Uh, so something to do with with being like cold or chill, but that probably didn't have anything to do with it. Um, it sounds like, you know, freedom in English, but that's a false friend, right? That's a, that's kind of a homonym a thing going friend. on where it just, I think it's a proper name um, and not descriptive of some object or action, but I'm going to say it is basically a neti pot for kids. You know, I'm going to give you I'm going to give yeah. you accurate on that. So, I'm going to read a little description on CVS here we got. Doctors invented and recommended. This was made in Sweden, okay? Mm. So, uh, nose Frida is your go-to natural hygienic baby booger buster. So, oh, essentially gross. it's totally safe for parents and babies. So, if parents you don't know about this or kids you don't know about this, essentially what it is used to have these little bulbs that like you like take this little like air pocket bulb thing and you would suck the boogers out of your kid's snotty nose. But now you have this thing, which is way more effective and it's an automatic or a manual one. We have the manual manual one. And so it's like one end, you just plug it in their nose and it leads a long straw and you suck the boogers out. There's a filter in between that okay, catches all Okay, so you're not going to accidentally... You're not going to swallow anything. It's not like anything. siphoning gas no, out no, of a no, tank no, no. where you might get no. a little bit in your mouth. Have <laughs> have you done that before? I've, you know, I've, I've lived a full it. life and I've uh, <laughs> so, had to do auto repairs. Good job. That, that was the easy one. I've siphoned a fish tank more than I've siphoned a gas tank. There you go. Okay, you also ready for the next gross. one? Yeah, okay. that was the easy one. That was the easy <laughs> one. Okay. Our next word. Now remember, these are baby items, okay? A boppy. So I'm not going to stall on this one nearly as much. B-O-P-P-Y. Boppy. I would have said (laughs) I-E. Now, okay, two thoughts in my mind. Okay. Um, And I'll tell you when I'm actually making my guess. I'm just going to give you a thought process out loud. But... Two thoughts in my mind. First thought, something the baby puts in its mouth, like a pacifier. Mm. Mm. Um, second thought, kind of sounds like a bonnet. I wonder if it's something the baby puts on its head. Mm. Uh, third thought, which I just had now, um, 
<laughs> this is like the Psalms where it's like one thing I know, two will I tell you, and right. then they give three things. <laughs> I wonder if it's something that like because I've seen babies laying on the floor, just mm. like swatting stuff. That's over the okay. top of them, right? Oh. Yeah, you know, we usually like, call those play mats. I'll give that one away. It's not a play okay, mat. Okay, it's not a play mat. So I, ju- I just gave you an so easy... So boppy is not something that the baby bops, like hits? I mean, I can't I can't fully give that away. I don't want to, mm. you know, I don't want to mislead you. So go ahead. What's your guess? I'm going to say that a boppy is a type of pacifier. Uh, I knew it was wrong when I said it, but it but just, you still went for but it. But if it was that, I would have been like, "Oh, I knew it was that." Though. So a boppy is a nursing pillow. It's a pillow that goes around the mom that the baby kind of lays pillow. on, and uh, yeah, nurses from Why the is mom. It called a boppy. You know, I they're happy. They're bopping about after they eat. I don't know. Don't really know. See, it has to make sense to you. In children's terms, it doesn't make sense. All right, next word. Here we go. That doesn't make any sense. Let's just go from a boppy to another B word. A bumbo. <laughs> That's also not. Okay. Um, <laughs> How about this? I'll, I'll, I'll use this in a sentence for oh, you. Okay. Thank you. The child wanted to be more comfortable, so they went and got the bumbo. A little vague. No, but that's some helpful context right there. A bumbo. The bumbo. I wonder, could it be something that, I'm not guessing yet, just talking out <laughs> loud, could it be something that the baby sits on? No, the baby's not going to get something to sit on. Because um, babies don't do that. They're not like, oh, the floor is hard. I'm going to go sit on a pillow. Let me go get a pillow. Let's define baby real quick. How old are we talking? I would assume a bumbo could be used three months old through 18 months old. Ooh, well, okay. 18 might be high. 18 let's, might be high. Let's go 12. So we're talking let's, barely walking. Let's like go like right? three months to a year. Okay. So it's like, going to be your go-to time. Some mom is yelling at me that that is totally What kind of baby right can now, go get something at three months? No, no, no. I said they went and got the bumbo. To make the baby more comfortable or something like that. I'm already forgetting my... So I feel like we can fact check that. We can fact check that, Um, but... We'll let our listeners do that. They're all on my side. They understand (laughs) that this game is rigged against me. (laughs) But they still love it. Yeah, the bumbo. I just can't. They want the baby to be comfortable, so they got the bumbo. Yes. But we already had a pillow, so it's probably not a pillow. Or is it? Could it be a blanket of some sort? I'm going to go with a blanket. It's a blanket. The bumbo is not a blanket. Should have gone with your original guess. It is this. You've seen it in our house. It's that little yellow thing on the floor circle. They sit in, but it like holds them in. It's like a foam circled seat. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? You've seen it in our house, so it supports their back fully. So like someone like Sophia right now, who's yeah. seven seven months old, who doesn't have the best, you know, 
abdominal mm. control and falls over. Right, I need to do it's some to core make work. Them, yeah, it's to make... Yes, exactly. <laughs> I need to get her doing some crunches and, and things stuff. like that. You should have got... I was I was accenting. I was trying to help you. I, was, I said bumbo. Well, I was going there, but then I got confused with the whole, like, the baby is going to get this thing. Um, this is my... Okay. You want my favorite one? I'll save my favorite one for last. We have two more. Right, okay, two more. come on. You're one correct, two wrong. You, you can redeem yourself. I can get above 50%. Okay. That would be a huge win in this. Ergo baby. Mm. E-R-G-O. Yeah, like ergonomic. But ergo means it? work. So there's some etymology for you. Um, <laughs> comes from... <laughs> bam. Uh, probably comes from energes or something in Greek. Um, ergo. You want well, a er, ergo also means therefore in Latin, but I don't think that I don't that this. I think it has to do with work and energy and that. Yeah, give me a sentence. I'll do a medium hint. Okay. The mother was tired, so she went and picked up the ergo baby. The ergo baby. Ergo baby. So people I, will just call it an ergo. But ergo, okay. It's technical term when you ergo go baby. and fact. Yeah, the brand is Ergo Baby. I think that it must be something that will rock the baby while the mother is sleeping or resting, um, and that it is powered, and that's why it's called Ergo. It's probably also comfortable, but that's not why it's called Ergo, even though ergonomic is a thing. Um, I think it's like a little sort of swingy seat powered thing okay that'll rock the baby a little bit now what if i gave you this sentence the mother was tired so she strapped on the ergo oh okay yeah that's that's like a really that was a good hint um yeah it's a, a baby carrier that you wear the baby in that's like partially c- correct, partially wrong, because I know this last one you're not going to get correct at all, but it's just a fun one. My favorite of all, the Wubbanub. <laughs> w- W-U-B-B-A-N-U-B. All one word, Wubbanub. Wubbanub is a, an amazing word. Um, I like the word Wubbanub. It... The I baby like, was screaming music? at I the... Feel like t- oh, I actually do. I feel like some double jeopardy music. Yes. That's what I wanted. Okay. The baby was screaming help. at the top of its lungs. So the family ran to get the wubbin up. Ran. This is awesome. Yeah. No, this, uh, Every- there, the trumpet always helps. It's such a smooth, mellow trumpet. Pure. Little Kenny G. No, that's saxophone. <laughs> I know. Close enough. Whatever. <laughs> wubbanub. A wubbanub is the pacifier through which you administer the baby's medicine. <laughs> You only know of this pacifier because you've been over our yeah, house and saw, which is interesting, made by Nosefrida. Oh, Swedish. Swedish. So I'm going to give you a correct, it's not, it's not that, but it's, it's a pacifier. Oh, it's the ones though. I'm sure you've seen them 
with the animal attached. It's like the the little beanie baby animal with the passy on the end. You're looking very confused right now. How big is the beanie baby? It seems like uh, it would tip the pacifier no, out of the baby's like, mouth. No, it's like here. Like I got a picture. All right. Yeah, it's gigantic. <laughs> well, I don't know if the picture is not to scale or whatever, but I just love Does the, the name. Ba- the baby love has to be on the ground with the weight of the beanie baby on the ground. Right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You're not well, just like no, look. holding the baby with the... Wubbanub. That must be a really light beanie baby. Yeah. There was a lot of other things in contention. You'll need to look like, up what Wubbanub is. I you, think uh, everybody probably knows what a Wubbanub <laughs> is besides me. you. So, but I got it right. I thank so, you for uh, indulging in that. And that's I, like I kinda, two and a half out of five. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, 50, even 50, 50. Yeah. Great. I mean, in baseball, if you were hitting 50, I mean, 500, oh, I'd be 500 you'd, yeah. you'd be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And so I am in the Hall of Fame of guessing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. And, you know, really what I was thinking about, Father Paul, with all of this was what encouragement can we give to young parents in raising their kids in the faith during this time? Mm. You know, that's really what spurred this on. I saw these kids at Father Henry's things, and um, I was thinking about these, you know, funny words and different things, and just our kids are in a crazy culture. Mm-hmm. A culture where um, it's distorting sexuality, it's uh, distorting truth, mental health, yeah, and more more pressures, yeah, more anxiety, loneliness, everything, yeah, um, all the things that adults struggle with, but they're being formed in it. Uh, these kids from an early age, from an early age, and it's just you can see the the effect it's having uh, right. quickly, yeah. Um, I mean, what encouragement do we have to parents? I mean, you'd like to be like, well, just take them to mass. And as a parent who takes their kids to mass, sometimes it's rough, you know? Um, I mean, what tangible advice do we have for a parent to say, keep going, keep fighting the good fight, like finish the race, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, that, that whole what St. Paul writes. I mean, I yeah. think of that when I think of parents, it's, it's like at baptism, you said, I'm going to walk, I, I I'm going to get them to heaven. Mm-hmm. Like, how can we do that in this culture? Yeah. Um, so my first thought is that up. <laughs> yeah, the power of the Wubbanub. <laughs> yeah. Turn to the magical talisman Wubbanub <laughs> with the, Stuffed elephant on the front that exactly. somehow does not tip everything out of balance. Oh my goodness! I didn't oh, mean to hit the crickets. Very rude. No, I'm I know, I know. I meant to actually hit the space theme <laughs> while you were talking about Wubbanub. <laughs> but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, okay. So yes, parents do like they they take on that immense responsibility. Uh, at baptism of raising the child in the faith. And that's one way to look at it. It's an important way to look at it. Uh, But the other way is that they're co-workers with God Almighty in this and that um, they're his children (laughs) Um, and that he's, he's always greater. So, I mean, do you, do you remember Lord of the Rings type stuff? Yep. Um, You remember the Palantir 
that like orb that there were a couple oh. of them and you could look into it and it would sort of tell you the future, future. and what was yeah, happening yeah, yeah, yeah. in other places but it was this it had this way of distorting the vision mm-hmm. so it would tell you true things but impartially yeah and so it almost drove one similar of the, to the, the thing see so you think of lord of the rings i think of there's something like that in harry potter there's something Harry like that Potter. in Star Wars. You? There's okay. there all these ones, right? Yeah, I feel yeah. like there's something no, exactly. like doesn't Ray look into Yeah, that, new Star Wars. Like, Do the new Star Wars? Wars really count though? I like him. I'm just kidding. But Luke, I'm just Luke has that vision where he sees Vader's mask member and his face. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, anyway, so the <laughs> so the plant here. Like yeah. Yes, you're right. Um that is a that is a trope in those kind of things. Um so there's something true about it, which is, that's why it would appear in those different ways. But um, we have to be really careful when we, when we look out and survey the landscape um, that we're seeing everything in the context of God's mercy and his love and his p- almighty power. Mm. Um, because we can look and sometimes look in a way that is um, impossible that's too myopic to sort of focused in on the gloomy details and missing like the context of this great adventure of salvation that, that God's calling us on. Um, And I think that parents have to do that a lot because there's so many chaotic details. And then when they can sort of like, get above water just for a minute to snatch a breath they look out and it's like oh my gosh this world is is conspiring against (laughs) the health of my child in so many ways um like that's why it's so important to do what sounds like basic things Mm -hmm. but are foundational things like immersing yourself in daily scripture even if you can't read it every day which we do encourage uh, we talk about it all the time to listen to it every day, right? Listening and reading are the same thing. Yeah. Like listening is not less than reading if you're paying attention to it. Right. Uh, and also faith comes through hearing. That's what St. Paul says. So, um, but like to, you know, get some recording of the scriptures and to have that going on in the background so that even if you can't pay attention to it, at least it's there. Mm. Um, I think I said this before in a podcast, like I've, still just picking my way through this book by Cantola Mesa, Sober Intoxication of the Spirit. And he had this one point where it was like, how much time, just be honest, honest assessment, how much time do you spend learning about the ways of the world versus learning about the ways of God? And that's, I mean, that's not everything, right? Right. But that is, if if we're going to be able to realistically assess this full context with the eyes of faith, then we can't be so immersed in the things of the world right. to the exclusion of the things of God that we forget how he works. Right. Um, a lot of it, I mean, yeah, you know, the, the effect that technology in particular, as awesome as it is, it lets us do this uh, podcast. I just pointed at the podcast equipment if you're <laughs> watching, but um, it lets us do this, but that's a huge factor. That's one of the main factors, actually, in kind of the the aggregation uh, aggravation of the human psyche, and especially for developing kids. Mm-hmm. Like just having 
too much information at once and having right. too many concerns that you can't do anything about. Right. Like your sp- sphere of influence only goes so far. But now instead of being on a farm or being in a town where like, okay, you know what's going on there and you get the newspaper and mail every so often. But now you've got just real time like, oh my gosh, this thing's happening halfway across the world and this thing's happening, mm-hmm. uh, you know, two states over and this thing's happening federally and just like you can't control any of it. And it is important, especially for adults, to stay in the know, but it's so easy for us to get tipped out of balance to where it becomes this anxiety cycle. And that's, so that's a concrete thing as well. Like, yeah. like, okay, parents on the one hand, like you can't let yourself be drawn out of sort of stability into orbiting around the, the changing news cycle and stuff like that. Right. Um, you, you need to basically be the, the model of the Carthusians, the motto of the Carthusians. Stat crucstum volvitor orbis. The cross stands still while the world revolves around. Like if you are with Christ, uh, fixed to the cross, um, then there will be a stability, and everything else needs to orbit around that stability, not letting yourself get drawn out. So that's the one side of it. But then, concretely for your kids, being able to to say some hard no's to things that are givens in the culture. Mm. which are drawing them out into that crazy orbit. And not that, you know, there's different ways to go about this. Some parents choose like a strong, strong retreat, right? Um, circle the wagons in kind of an intensive way, like move out to the, to the country, um, homeschool kids. Like they, they take measures that are as drastic as that. And I'm not, I'm not poking fun at those at all. Like, mm. like there may be situations where you need to do that. Right. Um, but not everybody can do that. And that also isn't the best response for everybody. Right. Um, so, but it's, it's somewhere along the spectrum of, you know, uh, abandoning your child to the, the changing tides of the culture to bouncing on those waves and retreating entirely and living this isolated bubble life. Like somewhere in there, it's, uh, is is where you're going to find the place. And it's probably going to be changing a lot, but I know that that part of your job, parents, is going to be taking like sort of aggressive defensive measures mm-hmm. um, against the more toxic elements of our culture. Um, that's and not your only job, yeah, but that's part of it. And I think one danger I have is that because I tend to be a perfectionist in my work and other things like that. I can say, well, I don't want to do this with the kids because it's not going to be perfect. You know, like a rosary or something like that. It's like, well, this is going to go terrible, so let's just not do it, right? Um, I think if I was to give any encouragement, say, you're not alone. Um, uh, There's other people, you know, me and my wife included, that struggle with this idea of, you know, how we're raising our kids to be faithful Catholics and we need to know, and we need to do this in community. You know, mm-hmm. what's your famous line about community? Oh, thank you. Thank you for teeing me up. Uh, I did. The scarcest commodity in the United States in American culture is authentic community. I mean, parents surround yourself with community 
so that we can raise holy kids. I mean, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to, I want to say one other funny story as we finish it. Can I I throw in one more thing before? Please. Um, I, I think that there's a real sort of heroic quality to this as well. Mm. Like that, that, you know, looking into the Palantir, (laughs) surveying the landscape, uh, having that anxiety of, you know, the responsibility that weighs on you. Like we need to be able and with the help of God's grace, right? To look at those things and to respond heroically because otherwise it's going to, it's going to sort of cow us, uh, into the, into the corner and we're going to think I can't do this. Um, but like we need to, (laughs) we need heroic parents. Um, yeah, I, I think that's all I wanted to say. It's just um, that in supporting each other and making these decisions uh, for your family and all that, like it's it's going to take a certain heroism um, to make the kinds of decisions uh, that are that are asked of you. And I I say this to myself: if at times we cared as much about instilling the faith in our children as we did about teaching them soccer or dance or art lessons or whatever it may be, right? Like we will go to great ends as parents to set them up for success in these extracurriculars or school or college or that. And it's like, but yet I haven't put the same effort towards the faith, which is the only thing at the end of time that matters because it's the only thing that's going to carry on. Funny little story to end. So it's not depressing. You know, we got as well given, I I saw somebody gave it to you, the Lego catechism book thing. It's incredible. It's it's, It's the greatest thing. It is awesome. I'm so happy with it. So some, I don't know the full backstory, but they don't really make Jesus Lego things, but these person, they painted them and they designed all those things in them. And so I started reading this with Dom and, he was into it and all that. Now he was a little confused because he's like, now where does it teach me how to build this scene of the last supper? I was like, it doesn't, it <laughs> just wants you to focus on the, yes, exactly. <laughs> he's, I was like, uh, no, they just want you to focus on that. This is the Eucharist bud. And he's like, okay. I was, and so at the end, I'm like at this great point as a parent, he's like engaged in the book. I'm like, this is awesome. I'm like, Tom, look at this last scene. Like, you know, Jesus died for our sins. Don't you think we should try to get like a Lego Jesus? Wouldn't it be great? He's like, yeah, but you know, it'd be better. A Jar Jar Binks. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? Get out of here. <laughs> so on that, I just, you know, the struggle's real. The struggle is real. Okay. Hey, Three for three. Avery, Danny, if you made it through the episode, shout out. And Edward. (laughs) Um, No, but we really appreciate all of you that take time to listen. Uh, Parents, don't give up faith. We're praying for you. And uh, we'll continue to work on different baby items for Father Paul. See if he can come through. On behalf of Joey Scantello, Father Paul Bechter, take care. God bless.